Star Wars 7x7, episode 518. Today we're talking about the stories in Wired magazine, including the idea of the paracosm. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and as we were talking about with Rolling Stone yesterday, and now we've got Wired today, and there's been stuff from Entertainment Weekly and Empire Magazine over the last little while, this whole thing of covering The Force Awakens is its own industry, its own enterprise. And it harkens back to the days when we had magazine coverage of the original trilogy. And you know what? I guess I was never plugged in to the magazine coverage of the sequel trilogy, or the sequel trilogy, I should say, the prequel trilogy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sequels and prequels get mixed up sometimes. But <laughs> I digress. The prequel trilogy, I'm sure it had the similar magazine coverage that we're seeing now with the sequel trilogy, but for some reason, never, you know, clued into it the same way as I had with the original trilogy. But now, yeah, we've got it going on for sure. And unfortunately, some of them, like Time Magazine, you have to be a subscriber to get at the content, or of course, (laughs) there are other avenues to do it, your local library, or standing at a local newsstand and having them tell you, this isn't a library, (laughs) or something like that. But Wired Magazine, famously, has been tremendously open in the content that they share on their website as compared to what they have on the printed piece that they produce, and I actually subscribed to the printed piece, so uh, I was very happy to see things like the guide to helmets and weapons that they have in the issue, which is really awesome, but when I actually went to the website and looked, they have the whole thing and more. They have even more pictured inside uh, the website photo gallery that they have for The Force Awakens, and they actually have some original Star Wars stuff in there, too, for comparison purposes, particularly with the X-Wing pilot helmets, which are really awesome, awesome stuff. In fact, there's one pistol in there that's listed as belonging to a Dasha Promenti, and as far as I know, that's a brand new name. I think we've gotten a brand new character name revealed to us in this Wired magazine piece and just buried in the most unlikely of places. The pistol itself is actually pretty cool looking. It looks like the grip is actually a tusk of some sort, but I digress. You know, the thing of it is is that there is a, a longer article in the magazine and on the web about how we will never live to see the last Star Wars movie now and how it has become its own paracosm, which is its own imaginary world, which it kind of already was even before this whole Force Awakens stuff happened. Although, I guess it probably didn't really come into its own until the Expanded Universe first started with Timothy Zahn's books, and then it became a tremendous shared universe, the likes of which we haven't seen before. They point out Tolkien's Middle-Earth as an example of it, and, you know, there's part of the big challenge with it is that because Tolkien is no longer with us, and his work ended from that point on, I know his son did some work as well, but there isn't a lot of Middle-Earth stuff happening on a regular basis. Like, we're not getting new Middle-Earth comics with new adventures of Frodo and Bilbo and Aragorn and Legolas and all these things. Like, it, that isn't happening. And that's one of the dangers that they address in the article about the fact that this thing could get just flooded over like crazy. And I think that's the thing that I fear the most about the whole Star Wars universe. 
especially now since we're in that first phase of rekindling with the new movies and we've got the rekindling of, or the rebooting, I guess is really the honest way we have to say it, of the expanded universe with the books and the comics and now video games are supposed to be tying into the canon and all that. And we talked a while back in the podcast about whether the scarcity of Star Wars has lent itself to its success. I mean, all things considered... There's a, you know, comparison to the amount of airtime, 700 hours plus of Star Trek content that exists out there, and yet somehow it doesn't feel as special as Star Wars does, and Star Wars has a lot less video content that's been created by comparison, and it's taken a long time to create it. It's taken 40 years to get, you know, nearly what, 50 or 60 hours of video content? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm I'm not counting the Ewok adventure or <laughs> the Star Wars holiday special or the Droids and Ewoks cartoons. I'm counting just what is existing canon now. It's not even a tenth of what exists for Star Trek, and yet the, the whole rebooting of Star Wars and getting new stuff for a new generation feels so much more important and so much more special than it ever did when Star Trek was being rebooted back in 2009. And I think that helmets and weapons piece inside the magazine and the photo gallery on the website, I think that's one of the best indicators of this whole thing because it actually presents Star Wars as a world that needs to be documented. It presents it as something almost museum-like in its way, that it is actually a world that we need to go and understand almost from an archaeological basis. And I've never seen anything like that with Star Trek. And I think probably the reason why is because Star Trek doesn't have the same history that Star Wars does. It never did. And it's probably because Star Trek is tied into Earth history. (laughs) So it can't develop that sense of a fully realized imaginary world that Star Wars can. But it also puts us at a very precarious moment in Star Wars history, and I'm going to be talking about that a lot next week. But in the meantime, I'll have all the links for the Wired stories posted at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, let's talk trivia, shall we? I'm betting heavily on a Sebulban. Last time we asked you what ghostly trio was seen together on Endor, and that was Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda. Today's question, who was C-3PO pointing at when he said, quote, that unit is in prime condition, a real bargain, unquote. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you become a spy for the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a night at the space opera, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!